Hello and welcome to Portfolio Room podcast. I'm Gleb Esmailov, head of Benelux CFO specialist. And today we have a guest, Rainer Hartlott, who is a CFO who works within portfolio companies of DH private equity partners and Pi partners. And the topic of our discussion today is how to become a private equity CFO. Rainer, welcome. Hello. Hi, Gleb. Very pleased to meet you and uh, being invited for this uh, podcast. Mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to, uh, to your questions. Good. So, I mean, Rainer, I think for everyone in the finance industry is now uh, super interesting how to get into private equity world. So my first question will be, you know, what what is, in your opinion, the main difference between a CFO in private equity company and the portfolio company private equity house? Finance is finance, you would say, uh, mm-hmm. but it's 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 about the details. I think uh, in a portfolio company, the pace is much different. The motivation is much different than in a privately mm-hmm. owned business. A privately owned business is often very entrepreneurial also driven by that vision and it's much more like okay how can we expand on that vision to grow it well Mm -hmm. in uh, private equity it's much more uh, focused because there's Mm -hmm. much more time pressure because Mm -hmm. private equity is often uh, funded by uh, by loans and other uh, investments there is interest and and the whole business model is about uh, to grow the companies uh, quite fast Mm -hmm. and this gives a lot focus and uh, also often private equity are in a build and buy so they acquire companies and you bring them together so you have to be very focused and making sure that your mission your vision and your objectives mm-hmm. are very very clear well in private uh, privately owned it's more situational and more mm-hmm. driven by a person in private equity it's very much institutionalized and very professional going mm-hmm. forward in, uh, in meeting those objectives I see, I see. And in terms of, by the way, also in, in terms of challenges, how would you say they were like different and how do you, you know, how is it different to encounter them in the portfolio company and on the difference with the private company as well? Mm-hmm. Also here, it, quality reporting is, is done in both companies. It's, you need to have quality reporting mm-hmm. in, in both uh, private equity and in, uh, in privately owned. Uh, but in private equity, uh, because of the fast growth, you have to have a very good eye on what's mm-hmm. happening in the total company in order to create quality reportings. Because of the fast growth, you often have growing pains. Mm-hmm. Uh, certain departments will grow very fast and will adapt the change, while other departments may lag behind. Mm-hmm. If they are lagging behind, that can cause serious issues. Uh, mm-hmm. For example, in, in a company that I worked for, we were growing very fast, sales were growing, doing a very good job, mm-hmm. and the finance was keeping up, so all looks fine, but the logistics department was lagging behind. Uh, mm-hmm. They were not able to cope with the fast growth, and because of that, we had increased inventory levels, and this would hurt in the end, of course, your cash conversion and, uh, and your whole financial outlook on the balance sheet. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this was hurting the company and we had to and we had to repair that. Uh, but in the private equity, you have to be always think a few steps ahead on, on mm-hmm. the growth, on meeting the objectives in order that the company can, can, can cope with the growth and in order to have the quality reporting. And yep. private companies, because of the pace, it's much more organic. It's, it's, it's a bit easier, I would say, but not, not per se, because the, the challenges there are 
um, and perhaps some, some departments are not so professional and, and you have to take them with you and professionalize those mm. departments in order also to, to be up to speed. So both, both have their challenges, but I, I would say that because of the pace and the fast growth, uh, you have more challenges in, in private mm. equity companies. Yep. I, I can imagine that's what I hear all the time as well. Like there are way more challenges in that sense. It's, it's, it's yeah. like, um, it's, it's all, there's always some activity. Yeah, always, always something happening, and if nothing, nothing is happening, you feel yes. that something is wrong because nothing yeah. is happening, right? So exactly, exactly. And how would you say you know how to get into let's say private equity if you've never actually worked within a portfolio company? Let's say CFO or finance director who's been only working in listed or private companies, but he really wants to get into private equity world. Yeah, I, a lot of private e- companies are private equity owned, so either you 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 come with it so when there's a build and buy happening you you're being acquired and that's how you can enter that's how i entered uh, the private equity mm-hmm. world stock tmf which was already private equity owned um but but getting in there yes show that you have have, have quality show that you can uh, professionalize teams uh, professionalize systems improve in systems mm-hmm. uh, understanding of the total business have good communication skills i think those are key qualities that you need to to land in the private equity uh, landscape. I see, I see. And also, would you say, like, you kind of briefly already mentioned, but what would be your top three important qualities for uh, private equity CFO or finance director? Communication, I think. Mm -hmm. So it's not finance skills, but it's Mm -hmm. communication skills. It's leadership skills. Is understanding what the business is about and how the people are, the employees and the leadership team is being motivated and how you can keep them on the right right track. Mm-hmm. That's the most important skill you need. You have to communicate a lot and very well. Uh, secondly, I think it's very important to build your team. Uh, as a CFO, you're responsible for many, many things. You cannot do it alone. That's the biggest pitfall you can do as a CFO in trying to do everything yourself. Mm-hmm. You have to delegate, and in order to delegate, you have to build your team, build a very good and solid finance team. It will make your life much easier in the end. Mm-hmm. And thirdly, I think you have, as CFO, you have to have an eye for all the stakeholders, mm-hmm. uh, not only uh, the board and the CEO and the investors and the private equity board, but also your managers, uh, your employees, all the stakeholders, yeah, when you have, when, when there are, when you finance by loans, uh, with your investor management with the banks, uh, with the auditors, so all the, uh, all the stakeholders, you have to be in control of them. You have to have an eye for them, uh, in mm. order to pivot the, the company into the right direction. Yep. I understand. Yep. Makes sense. Yeah. I think it's kind of very similar qualities as in any company in that sense, cause like, you know, obviously in any team you have to have a person who can communicate well, who understands the all the stakeholders in the company, I, I guess for every successful company like this. And how yeah. do you often, as a CFO, how often would you say uh, it is important for private equity house uh, to interact with the portfolio company? Is it better sometimes to give some more space or actually keep control all the time? It's very situational. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it depends on the company. It depends on what your objectives are. Depends how invested the, the private equity firm is. Mm-hmm. Depends on the quality of the management team. So all these things will will influence how often do you have have interaction with the private equity house. In general, for me, what I like, I like strong management teams and a little bit 
late of private equity uh, house. So, so, so you have the ability to guide and, and direct the mm-hmm. company in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Um, having said that, meetings are very important because private equity has a lot to offer as well. It's not just that, that they are the investor and they hold the portfolio, but they have a huge network. They have a huge base of knowledge. So they can help you as well. And uh, it's, it's good to have a, a, a good interaction and, and often um, yeah, be a sparring partner mm-hmm. with them on, on many topics and keep them well informed. So they know about if you have issues, they know about it early mm-hmm. and then together you can uh, can adopt the solutions. I think that's very important. Mm-hmm. But how often and how you have to, to, to organize that, that is really dependent on the situation. This makes sense. Because, yeah, I've heard like, you know, some, Let's put this. I heard some stories and like you know the, uh, the how CFOs act. This is that sometimes actually bad when portfolio companies are all the time are there. The project house are all the time there. But on the other hand, it's bad when you need to schedule like you know a meeting with your managers, investment managers who look after the company for like for a month. It and it happens quite often, you know, because they can't act within when it's urgent. Yeah, private, private equity is not the management. And if they are starting to act like managers, then you get the ownership management mm-hmm. uh, is diluted then. And what you then often get, not always, but often you get the, the kind of spreadsheet management. That's mm-hmm. what you then hear. And this hurts the, the entrepreneurial spirit of the company. It hurts by that often the motivation of the team. And if that happens too much, then you will see uh, yep. the, the performance decline. And that's not what you want. So it's it's a thin line on how you interact with each other. Uh, you have to be, feel comfortable both on both yeah. ends, management team and, uh, and private equity. And if you find that sweet spot, that, then, then it's okay. And then you, you see the growth as well. If you don't find that sweet spot and you get in a situation where you, you start pulling, then, then often uh, things can deteriorate. No, no, And what would you say as well for, for finance individuals who are planning to start their career in private equity? What are the most important three things to start in the first hundred days owned by uh, in a company when you owned by private equity house? How you have to accept first. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, it's a little bit in line with the three skills that we 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 we, we uh, discussed earlier. But you have to communicate and you have to listen. You have to mm-hmm. listen a lot and you have to assess what you hear. You have yep. to make a swath of the company, of the team, the leadership team on, on the priorities. So what are the objectives? What are the goals? Where are the weak spots? How you have to move there? That assessment is really, really important. Mm-hmm. And you have to do it, uh, of course, of your own team, but of the whole company. And if you know, also for your team, and I mentioned earlier, you have to be able to delegate. Yep. Uh, so you have to assess the, the motivations and the skills and, and, and what, what people want in your team in order to build that strong team and get the most out of your team. You have mm-hmm. to be able to delegate. And after you've done that assessment, then you have to start the plan. And, 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 and within the plan, you have to say what are the priorities and which are the milestones. Um, mm-hmm. I forgot to mention, but of course, in this uh, assessment, you, it's not only the, the people, also the systems. Mm-hmm. Uh, in a private equity company, you need a very good base in your system. The infrastructure, the technical infrastructure needs to be top spot. Uh, that will help you later on by filling the data rooms by all your uh, BI questions that you have, your KPIs that you want to, and how you want to measure the company. 
Yes. That setup has to be spot on, and you have to assess that in the first 100 days in order to build build that uh, that setup later on. I see. Okay. And as a CFO as well, do you like what metrics would you say in KPIs do you prioritize or to evaluate the success and health portfolio companies? I, I guess obviously EBITDA would be the main <laughs> the main factor, but what else? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, yeah, EBITDA definitely. It, it's, it's dependent on the industry. Uh, EBITDA is often because also it's the EBITDA factor. It's also because EBITDA is a little bit similar to the cash flow, but mind you, it's not the same as the cash flow. Uh, be careful with that assessment. Um, yes, sure, EBITDA and EBITDA growth and EBITDA margin are very important. Mm-hmm. Also, yeah, the, the, the revenue growth and, and your gross margin development. So. How your margins are developing is, is really are, are a very important uh, mm-hmm. KPIs, yes. um, and, and that's that's balance uh, P&L based. Uh, don't forget the balance sheet uh, KPIs uh, like cash conversion, solvability, mm-hmm. and so cash conversion is how your network capital is developing, the, the the ability to convert your short-term debts in uh, into cash. Very very important in uh, in the private equity. Mm-hmm. Um, then depending on, on how you're financed, uh, that to equity ratio, I think is uh, very important. Cash to debt services, so in, in the, the, uh, the, the ability to pay out, out of your free cash, to pay out your debt services, those kinds of metrics are also mm-hmm. very important. Noted, noted. Makes sense, because I, 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 and you can see the new how different is, uh, and kind of goes to our second question, uh, to, uh, to the uh, late question, that the private equity market now is that they, you know, obviously looking for profit mostly instead of, you know, like, because before that would be, it would be a cash, you know, uh, like it, they would think about the strategy, the idea, but now I'm talking about whether the company is cash positive, whether it has the cash flow or not. If it doesn't, then, you know, there is no point in that sense. And yeah. finally, just wanted to ask as well, Render, uh, in this difficult market, essentially, you know, everyone is looking at restructuring, uh, everyone is talking that, you know, that it's more difficult to make an exit. In what you'll be focusing in the next 12 months uh, in this changing environment? Uh, the big topics now, I think, for the whole leadership teams is, uh, is AI and uh, mm-hmm. RPA. I think uh, the, the ability to automate more, to professionalize more, to, to be more efficient, I think, is very important. And how we do that and how you can do it in your company, uh, I think that's, that's really a big topic. And, mm-hmm. and that topic will not go away. It will will uh, definitely change how people work, and it will show it will change how how companies are run, and and we have to be on top of that. So that that topic in itself, it, it's read the papers and and, and and listen to the news, and, and you you hear it everywhere. Mm-hmm. So definitely, that's going to be a big topic for the next twelve months. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, ESG, uh, environmental, social governance. I think, especially in Europe, but also in the in the whole world. Uh, there's an increased need for reporting on your on your footprint, uh, mm-hmm. and mind you, those reporting in, in the EU, EU will become very stringent, uh, very intense, and companies are not ready for it. Mm-hmm. And and because we are in a full chain, uh, if if you are a bigger company but your smaller company is not ready, then uh, when they don't know the footprint, that will create a problem for for the bigger company. So. Even if you are um, um, CFO of a smaller company, it's important to be on top of that topic 
in order to, to be able to report on it. And that can give you uh, an advantage, a competitive advantage uh, to companies that don't have that uh, mm -hmm. reporting. So I think that that will also be in the next, next couple of months that uh, will be really important because already in 2024, talk companies have to report on it. Mm -hmm. After that, in Europe and, and in 25, it will be companies that are a bit smaller and not sure. uh, not stock listed. And in 26, I, I believe uh, I have to fine tune it, but uh, all the companies have to report on it uh, if they have a certain threshold in uh, in, sure. in revenue. But it, but don't you think so? About you mentioned about ESG, do you think that companies are actually considering it? Because I mean. For everyone, it's very kind of it's not cheap. Let's put it this way as well. So no, 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 it's not cheap. It will will, will cost cost money. Um, it's it's like an additional reporting. It it will need a lot of details. Yeah. Uh, also it needs a lot of thinking from um, from the management in how they want to adopt uh, the green policies and how they want to implement it and how they want to reduce the carbon footprint. So. It's not just about uh, yep. presenting numbers. It's also about strategy mm. and how you do things. Uh, this is, of course, challenging because if you put that in the report, then people, my, uh, other companies might deduct uh, mm. information from that on how you do your, your, uh, your strategies. Mm. So it's, it's, it's a lot of thinking to be done in order to execute it properly. But yep. it, it's not about a choice. It's, it's in, in Europe. It, it will become mandatory for uh, for companies at a certain size, mm -hmm. uh, and, and and many companies are not ready for it. I see, I see. Yep, I agree with you on this. Well, uh, Ryan, I just wanted you know to say that I think this conversation was really useful, not just for the in investors and for also you know private equity CFOs, finance directors, and and who want to join this uh, private equity world, because mm -hmm. as they say, you know, it's really. The most difficult part is is to join the private equity world. That's the hardest, even if you're super qualified. So thank you so much for coming today on. I really enjoyed our conversation and uh, speak to you soon. Thank you very much, Deb. It was a pleasure to do this conversation. Thank Good you very much. No worries. No worries.